Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world, we round the net. So get ready and get set. Cause we make it look easy, no sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Welcome to episode 47 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. Silence! (laughs) That's right. We are back for another episode. And this episode has me questioning what half hour is going to get hit on the cutting room floor. (laughs) (laughs) I usually chop at least a half hour off of our overall conversations. And people are people think... They want to hang out and hear what we have to say in that half hour. I kind of guarantee you don't. No. (laughs) I've been there for those half hours, people. It's a good cut. (laughs) The decision was made correctly. (laughs) You've chosen wisely. (laughs) All right. We have a sponsor for this episode. Always love that. So our sponsor this time is a uh, little gaming company that you've probably never heard of called Meltdown Games. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I just learned about these guys myself today. They're new to the biz, <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're, they're up and comers. <laughs> so Meltdown Games, of course, has Gothic Doctor on Kickstarter right now and is going until July 23rd. And of course, we've been doing the, we just did a contest with them to hand out some prototypes. We've done the Road to Relaunch series with them, and that is actually going to continue on through a successful campaign, which is looking very good right now. Last I checked, they were around the 2,500 mark mm-hmm. for a total campaign of $7,000. So they're doing very well. Yep. Great, strong first day. The uh, idea with Doug and I was to follow uh, this through in the Road to Relaunch series all the way through to fulfillment. So we're going to be telling people what he goes through to get it printed and manufactured and shipped and fulfilled and all that good stuff. So we're going to follow the entire process. So that'd be a lot of fun. We uh, should give him a link to that preview video we did so that yeah. he can put that on his site. <laughs> yes, we just did a preview for it as well. So you can check that out on our YouTube channel. And of course, we've reviewed it in the past. So uh, you can listen to an, uh, the the previous I episode. <laughs> feel shame. Couple things about this, this campaign. It is EU friendly, which is, you know, the, the big buzzword now in Kickstarter. Canada friendly is done, I guess. It's yeah. all EU friendly. Nobody now. wants to be friendly with Canada, but EU friendly. So, you know, you'll, you've got your upfront shipping costs and all that good stuff, but, uh, you will not have to worry about the VAT. 
So the VAT will be taken care of, which is uh, an expense that I know uh, our poor EU listeners have to deal with quite a bit if they order something from the States. And the base game, which is like 156 cards plus any stretch goals that will come about, that's uh, for $25. Or you can get the expanded game for $40, which includes additional patience and some other new cards and a new way to play. This is I don't know if I ever talked to you about it, but they have a variant that they've been testing for partial treatments. I saw it listed, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's through some of the play tests and stuff. They had, A couple people had come up with the idea for them to look at uh, because, you know, the, the, the idea is that most doctors aren't the only one or a single doctor isn't always the only one that treats a patient. So a way to do partial treatments. And then I, I'm not sure I haven't seen that variant yet, how it's going to work out about like who gets the money and, and all that good stuff. But, uh, it is one that they've, uh, apparently play tested and gone through and are comfortable enough with that they're including it uh, as a variant in a, uh, a pledge level that you can get. So definitely go check that out. Uh, again, we've thoroughly enjoyed it here at all us geeks. Uh, and we're happy to see that it's going strong. So it's a, it's a great little quick game to play and it's pretty strategic though once you get into it and, and, uh, you know, trying to get the, the doctor or I mean the patients and the action cards that you can use to kind of, it does have a nice piece of screw your neighbor in there, which we of course appreciate. <laughs> So, uh, definitely go check it out. Like I said, it's going through. Are you saving for something? Let's clear the waiting room. Let's clear the waiting room. Oh, were you going to cure that? How about a second opinion? Oh uh, yeah, so there's there's a couple of cool things in there. So go check it out. Like I said, July 23rd. Um, there is a ad on the website. You can click over from there, of course, in the show notes. Uh, but just go search for Gothic Doctors. Well, you can find it that way. All right, and like I said, I don't have a ton for general. Uh, I thought maybe I just you know July is kind of a busy month in general for everything. We've got Anime Don's Gaming Weekend is coming up, so mm-hmm. uh, I know I'm going to attend at least one, if not two days, uh, probably not full days, and uh, that's always a good time. And then I'm going to Protospiel at the end of the month, so I'll be at Protospiel with uh, Matt Warden and a few other designers. Matt was the one that asked me if I'd take the road trip with him, and I was more than happy to do that. Hopefully, I will get to play the new version of his game that got picked up by Happy Mitten Games. So I'll be looking forward to that. Like I said, I've played it in two other iterations and loved it every time. So it'll be interesting to see because they've changed the, switched out the theme and stuff like that. So beyond that, I'm interested in see what kind of changes they've made. So love that game. Can't wait to see that hit Kickstarter. And that's about all I think I've got for general. You got anything you want to? I got nothing. All right. No more strange emails. No more strange emails. Aw, sad. Although with the problems I'm having, who knows? They they could just be backing up. <laughs> yes. Apparently, Jordan's excuse for not answering me <laughs> is email issues. <laughs> you and anybody else that has sent me a note in the last couple of weeks. Good thing that that's not our main form of planning anything. <laughs> and as all as geeks, people are dicks. They never respond to anything. <laughs> We do have, uh, though, a geeking out topic for this episode. So are you ready to geek out? I am ready to geek out like a geek getting out. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> All right. So not only do we have a sponsor for this episode, but our sponsor also provided our geeking out topic. So we are financially obligated. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh- <laughs> To listen to his suggestion. Here's your geeking out topic, (laughs) damn it. Money's on the table. Dance. Dance, Jeff. (laughs) No, uh, you know, last last episode we asked for listener 
feedback and suggestions on the geeking out topic and above and beyond much to our shock <laughs> yes, somebody so, did somebody did well above and beyond being a, a sponsor and and being somebody that i do a series with doug first and foremost he was a listener previous and and still is so uh he listened to that episode and and happily gave us a topic that we both kind of uh, went for. And apparently so do a lot of our other uh, social media followers. So what is our geeking out topic for today? Well, it is if you could go back in time and prevent three fictional characters from being created, who would they be? Now, I have a question for you. Yes, I understand what fictional means. <laughs> that was part of it. <laughs> Are we looking at this from going back and making sure that characters like never created or are we going for variations of oh, said character? I am full on Neil Adams. You should never have created this person. That's, okay. that's as far as yeah. so that, well, that it wasn't Neil Adams, but that's ooh, what your three are I played my hand there a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But, this is full on things that shouldn't okay. exist. Cause, uh, yeah, I, I had a couple that then I'll, I actually put extras. Okay, for that clarification, but a couple of mine are getting dangerously close to maybe we should just kill this person, <laughs> this real person. <laughs> wow, there's a lot of people on this list that are all going right back to. Hmm. All right, so uh, why don't you start us off with? We'll just we'll go back and forth and we'll talk about them a minute. Okay, I got, then, I got two. And then at the here. end, I'll share what some of our list, our, our social media people that said on. Well, our I can tell you right now that I'm going to disagree with Anthony. Just putting that out there. <laughs> yeah, right that one now. surprised me. My first cheat, and you're not going to have much of a response to this because you didn't read it. But as you know, I was very disillusioned with. The Desert Spear series of books, oh. Peter V. Brett. So I'm just going to say anybody that he ever created, he needs to, we just need to go back in time and stop him from starting this series. I think the world would be a better place if nobody that he has ever created existed. Okay. Check out the series, dudes. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I have no retaliation for that. <laughs> I attempted to, I tried not to go for the most obvious, the low hanging fruit, which a lot of people did. So, not on my list because it is. Use a nut too and a Jar Jar. <laughs> yeah, Jar Jar Binks number one for everyone else. But you know what? Dang close. Ready? Tweaky. No. Skids and Mudflap. Eh. Uh-uh. I. Eh. I was never emotionally involved either way. I'm not emotionally involved, but they should have never been. <laughs> they should have never <laughs> been on screen. They should have never been allowed to talk. <laughs> They should have never, never, they, some, you know, somebody attended, I, I think they went to the wrong meeting. <laughs> I think, I think they thought they were going into a production meeting and ended up at a very uncomfortable costume party. <laughs> Followed up by a lot of sensitivity training the very next week. Uh, we're just going to explain to you why everything you have just done is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't have happened yeah, i will agree with that Bay. shame all right i'm gonna i'm gonna go with my second cheat here the twofer but i'm doing this because it's out of comics and really there's a whole lore <laughs> now you heard me drop neil adam's name but this is not the creator but asnr they agreed with me here <laughs> kyle rayner is one of them I know y'all were expecting a Green Lantern to be Jon Stewart, but nope, nope. I have even more problems with Kyle Rayner. He is to Green Lantern what what Timothy Dalton was to James Bond. <laughs> Blood. 
bland and mostly pointless. He is the worst Green Lantern ever. <laughs> and the sad part is there are people that are under 30 who grew up with him being the primary Green Lantern in the Green Lantern in, in the DC universe that think he is the bee's knees. They will not go back. They just know Hal Jordan is a historical character, you know, despite his ongoing series now. But the way New 52 has butchered him, I mean, I don't blame him. And really, he's just weak. He's just weak. As, as a person, yeah. as a character, as uh, whatever. See, now this is where I don't know if this is, I think that was Aaron actually talked to me in the Game Crafter chat. It's like, I want to change one of my answers. Nope. You're committed. <laughs> and, it's on the web. And, and this, this is where we kind of started having the conversation about where do you draw the line? Cause it was Ryan Reynolds, Green Lantern. I'm like, that's dangerously close to, that's, you're actually, you're actually going after the person that played the character there. And again, that was Ryan Reynolds doing Kyle Rayner, not Hal Jordan. <laughs> And again, Ryan Reynolds was not no, the issue with that, movie. with that movie. <laughs> uh, my slash to that, as I said, it was two comic-related ones for the price of one. And this, I know, is going to get some flack. If anything, <laughs> is going to get some flack. Cable from the Marvel side. <laughs> oh. uh, this is a character that came out of the worst of Marvel in the early, <laughs> late 80s, early 90s, and is just the beginning of the downward spiral of time travel <laughs> destroying a universe this is a dude that has been messed with and messed up universes so hard and so bad to no good end he almost to the point of wolverine except i like wolverine is just a caricature of what he started off as and let's face it he started off as a caricature of a comic book character <laughs> uh no so my comic book entries here i didn't do this deliberately screen comic it just worked out that way screen mm -hmm. comic and book kyle rayner cable too horrible <laughs> from around the same time no less two horrible entries to the big two comic universe <laughs> I actually don't mind Cable. Well, you're a dick. <laughs> All right, but besides that, I didn't mind Cable when he was introduced. <laughs> Nobody with ankles that thin should have thighs that thick. Okay, I didn't say Rob and knew how to draw. Nobody with thighs that thick should have bandoliers on them and then still expect to be able to close said thighs. At no time did I say Rob knew how to draw. I said I didn't mind the character. And if your torso is that thick, you don't need a shoulder pad that wide. That's all I'm saying. A lot of reasons there. Both, you know, Nothing design wrong with shoulder and pads character. In the 80s. <laughs> Unless you have a Predator-esque shoulder-mounted gun on that shoulder pad. Go ahead on. I'm going to go with a book one here. Walder Frey. <laughs> Take the old man out early. Maybe before he has, you know, the whole, it's, just take him out of the twins. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we have a nice wedding. Well, come on. If we're going to go to that <laughs> book, I mean, it's going to be a six hour podcast for you to edit because I could go for hours on most of the characters in that book no, no, that I'm, have neither I'm, I'm added out or Walder subtracted Frey. anything. Taking out Walder Frey because Walder Frey is single-handedly responsible for multiple people that I personally know throwing that damn book across the room and taking like half a day to go pick it up to keep reading. <laughs> Walder Frey. I'll see your Frey and raise you a great joy. <laughs> Still Walder. Yeah. All right, now my last one. 
on the TV side, it was a toss up for me. I wasn't sure which one would garner me the most hatred. <laughs> that was, that was your criteria. Well, no, no. The criteria was which one I think would get me the least. Amy Pond. Oh, you suck. God, you uh, suck. The show is Doctor Who, not the Amy Pond show with this Gallifreyan sidekick. Yeah. I thought she was the worst character. There is this belief that because she is bulimic, she is sexy. There is this belief that she had to challenge the doctor in ways that would rival both Freema Eggman and the other chick. Those are my two favorite <laughs> companions right there. Obviously. Because, well, Donna Noble, <laughs> but I couldn't remember her, the actor's name. Those were good companions. My toss up here was Amy Pond and Rose Tyler. <laughs> wow. Those are horrible characters that did horrible things to the doctor added layers of crap that was not needed and amy pond was almost single-handedly responsible for me stopping watching doctor who all right so you're the dick (laughs) i'm not a dick i am making true fact statements right there you're out of your damn mind (laughs) (sighs) you know i i've really got a hard time with this last one because I don't. Oh, I'm not done. I'm still oh, going okay. out. Of, no, no. Okay. Go, go ahead. I'll, I'll go upstairs for a little while. <laughs> go ahead. Just you know, pound on the ceiling when you want me to come back down. No, I I'm actually still trying to figure out which one of these is my third, and if I go for like true personal emotional scars, <laughs> or just an irritating character, <laughs> or one I just wish would cease to exist and stop being brought up every year. Which one would you like to hear about? All of them. I I cheated and put in a whole book and then two for every other entry. So you got some catch up to do. All right. Personal scars. Annie. Really? Orphan Annie's got to go. Just done. Just go away. You're you're annoying. I want to throat punch you in your hard knock life. It's a hard knock life for us. It's a hard knock life for us. (laughs) I have uh, personal issues with, with Annie. Back in uh, elementary school, <laughs> I had a teacher that was like creepily just a 100% Annie fanatic. Like that was all he would talk about. That's all anything. And we were supposed to have a, it was like a prize or something for whatever our class did. We were going to have a class party and we had talked about, you know, we could play music and stuff. He's like, no, it's about the only music's going to be played here is the Annie soundtrack. So. I actually led a small rebellion and <laughs> stood on top of my desk and captain my captain had everybody like chanting no more Annie on this crap. Uh, dude took me out in the hallway and choke slammed me. <laughs> so screw you, Annie. <laughs> I may have been rebellious at one point in my life. I know you now you're that, just the man. No, you find that hard to believe. <laughs> you bought in. You bought in. All right. The one that I wish would just vanish. Let's just get rid of Dorothy. From the Wizard of Oz, so that movie never happens. It's so benign. I hate that movie. It's ridiculously stupid. And come on, 75 years later, we can't... No, shut up. It is not the pinnacle of movie making in any way, shape, or form. No, shut it. Or it's time. No. I mean, I'm you tired know, of it. I'm tired of it. Exactly. I'm tired of it. I, a I'm huge tired. fan. So there's no family gathering where there isn't some kind of Wizard of Oz mention. So I'm kind of tired of it. But 
Tired of it. I'm tired of it getting slammed in our face every year. This year, it got a freaking Oscar again, or lifetime thingy, or whatever, or something. It's like, no, shut up. Done. Done. So let's just let's just wipe out Dorothy, and then the rest of the crap doesn't happen. And Mila Kunis, the movie's done. What? Oh, the Great and Powerful Oz, the prequel they did. I didn't want. I didn't obviously didn't (laughs) watch. She's hot, even in green. I want nothing to do with it. And then my annoying character, the original Snarf. <laughs> oh Christ, I haven't thought about that in decades. What are you doing? Lionel Snarf. Yeah. Clean your room, Lionel. Don't eat too many sweets before dinner, Lionel. Snarf, snarf. Just die. Yeah. Yeah. In the remake, it wasn't as bad because they actually made Snarf kind of like a pet. Yeah. So yeah. that one was, <laughs> I could tolerate. Not but. even Chitara could uh, <laughs> balance Snarf. <laughs> so that that's my list. I do have a bonus for the end for us. But first, let's let's see what uh, some social media people said. Now, you, you brought up Aaron. Mm-hmm. So Aaron originally said... <laughs> Like you said, Kyle Rayner from the Green Lantern, Damian Wayne, and the new 52 Deadshot would be stopped if he could go back in time. <laughs> Let's see. We've got, uh, and, and there's going to be a reoccurring theme here. <laughs> Board Game Duel, which is a member of the club. We had a couple club members uh, pipe in here. So uh, Jar Jar Banks is a given, but I would say Shelob from Lord of the Rings, mainly because I hate spiders. <laughs> Mike, other Mike, as he apparently likes to be called. That's right. Still going there, Mike. Other Mike. Other Mike. <laughs> Daenerys Targaryen. I'm right there with you, buddy. Right there. He says, man, I cannot stand her. I haven't watched the show, but she's easily the most worthless character in the books. Agreed. 100%. True fact. <laughs> Class Geek Blog, says Jar Jar Binks. Sam Witwicky. And then the surprise one, Daniel LaRusso. What does he got against Danielson? Really? <laughs> yes. Apparently, the Karate Kid. Did you like Will Smith's kids version much I better? I know. Apparently, I... the Karate Kid is his Annie or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, some somebody swept his leg. I know. That's what I was just gonna say his older brother. <laughs> no, no. You just get up on one leg. This will be awesome. <laughs> uh, rolling dice and taking names again. Another club member said number one Jar Jar, and that's about it. <laughs> And that was from Marty over there. Steve over on Google Plus said Jar Jar. That was all he could. He said it, it, it was cliche, but it's all he could think about when mentioned. And then some people from Facebook. David said anything from the Twilight series. Jacob called down the wrath of Cthulhu. Said definitely Cthulhu. He's been warned. He's been warned. <laughs> You're lucky you got one. <laughs> <laughs> Never to disappoint. Sheppy. David, uh, David came, came interesting. He came completely that was on his unexpected. own thing. So three fictional characters, Pitt from Image Comics. Agreed. A hairy pink Hulk whose girlfriend's power blast conveniently strips off all clothes. Come on. Anything from early nineties <laughs> image, especially if it had double consonants at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Bubsy the Bobcat. This one I don't know. No, I had to go look at that and I didn't really. I didn't investigate it enough to know what trauma caused this, but it seemed benign. 
In the era of mascot platformers, this guy slightly edges out the worst Arrow the Acrobat simply by having more games. I'm not even sure what the... <laughs> Sheppy, you're going to have to tell me more about that one in chat, I think. Uh, yeah. And then Lestat. Controversial? This is the popularized image of pouty emo sexy vampires that would eventually lead us to Twilight. Burn him with fires in between his sobbing sessions. No, see, I'm going to disagree with you there. Uh, yeah. Lestat was actually a very good character. What you are referring to is Tom Cruise. <laughs> Again, let's, we're not killing real people. <laughs> Lestat as a literary character before she all went and lost her mind. <laughs> and Rice, I'm talking about was the epitome of self hatred and self loathing. He was there uh, as to be the example of why you make a choice. Okay, he didn't cho- choose to be a vampire, but at some point you either have to make a choice, shit or get off the pot, be a vampire <laughs> or step outside and get a tan. And he would do neither of those. And he was just, he's like the vampire Lemony Snickets, you know, just a series of unfortunate <laughs> vampire events. Uh, unfortunately, they culminated in Queen of the Damned, which was just stupid. Mm-hmm. But the first two books, he was actually an excellent self-hating vampire the movie was brutal i mean there was nothing in that movie that was at all redeeming i will also disagree that it is a straight line corollary to twilight there's a lot of shitty vampire stuff (laughs) that came between lestat and twilight and i making that comparison really gives both Anne rice and stephanie myers way too much credit for destroying that genre (laughs) and it's i mean barbara hamley went way too far in and i love those who hunt the night but she went way too far in an attempt to humanize the the vampire and that's where it started for me not lestat barbara hamley and those who hunt the night very good book (laughs) but it went way too far in trying to make vampires as sympathetic people so suck it <laughs> our podcast so you are wrong <laughs> if you do not agree with jordan or jeff then just be quiet <laughs> all right and then our last one because like you said this was a, a surprise as well anthony deanna troy every time she is on screen i want to throw something at my tv so do i <laughs> <laughs> I was. Uh, you went there first <laughs> I don't, even back then I didn't have the range, but (laughs) yeah, especially when she went through command training and they finally got her a uniform. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Anthony, I'm going to disagree with you. Yeah, I got to disagree with that one as well. I I mean, just in general, there wasn't much, I think, on the, the next generation that on a repeat occurrence, you know, a repetitive character or whatever, repeat character that completely annoyed me or anything like that in, in that particular show. Even I didn't, even I didn't find Wesley <laughs> that bad. So no, I didn't either. I, it's, you know, the, the character on next gen that irritated me the most was Jordy. <laughs> a, cause How people started you? calling me that <laughs> and B, cause he was so pathetic. He couldn't even get laid on the holodeck, you know? So <laughs> with people he programmed. Nice. No, Troy, I, admittedly, the actress really didn't have the range to play an empath, especially in the first <laughs> couple seasons, but I didn't think she was that bad. Certainly, certainly not to throw something at the screen. Yeah. Well, or to, you know, go back in time and plot her death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have Majel Barrett Roddenberry not hook up with whoever that was. We're good. <laughs> and then to, uh, 
cap it all off, uh, our bonus, Gary. <laughs> you, Gary. <laughs> Shut up, Gary. <laughs> that was a great party last night. Whack, whack. <laughs> oh, I love Gary. Damn it. And the next issue isn't out until the end of this month. I know. And then I'm still going to have to wait because it's going to have to drop in price. And, you know, that's actually a $3 comic to my mind. Yeah, I just I think I, it's unfortunate it's three ninety nine though. <laughs> yeah, I, it's not to me just because I don't I still don't think digital should be that no, high. I mean the the comic is awesome and I love it and I get it as soon as the price drops. But in general, I, I was just gonna say, you know, thank you still Comicsology and Amazon because you have saved me a shit ton of money because I have not bought anything. I think since they've made their major change. I bought a few things that they had on sale because, you know, their we're sorry was to give you a $5 credit. Mm -hmm. So I used up, I think I've got like 97 cents of my $5 credit left. But to go over that, I have to put something in and and have them retain it. And I just haven't. I mean, I, I've actually, um, I'm probably about to because the previous saga has finally dropped in price. And of course, you know, I, I love Saga, so I want it, but I just, when I'm thinking about it, it's here, right? It's, I, I'm on my tablet away from my computer mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I don't have an account set up. I have to go to the website and set up my PayPal or whatever else. It's, it's just annoying. Come on. Just hurry up at least and get to the point where you integrate it directly with Amazon. <laughs> Cause all my, well, stuff that's what I don't understand why that wasn't day one. Cause they've got. An infrastructure for that that they farm out to everybody. If they can integrate Kickstarter and every one of their independent <laughs> vendors, why was it not like, hey, we own Comixology, done? Yeah, because that'd be fine. Because I already have stuff over on Amazon yeah. and and I use frequently. All right, so there's our bonus <laughs> rant. That wasn't full drop topic. Uh, so you're not saying you want like. The owner, like, you don't want Bezos to disappear, do you? No, because no, okay. that's a, a real person, but <laughs> well, so I was if, double they have a, if they have a comicsology mascot or something at this point. I wouldn't want you maybe, to get the reputation. Maybe that mascot's head would be in his bed. <laughs> I, I just wouldn't want you to get the reputation as, you know, being someone that wishes death on actual people. No, no, I, I completely do not want to overtake your throne. And, uh, I, I really appreciate that the amount of time, effort, and, uh, just professionalism you put into that. So kudos to you, sir. And, <laughs> and that is all you. Uh, don't worry. I'll just sit over here and, and be the nice one. You don't want to be on that list. <laughs> uh, you ready to review something? Sure. <laughs> Game review. We are going to be looking at Fidelitas, which is a game coming to Kickstarter in August. So we're looking at it pretty early here. It is going to be from Jason Kotarski, who did Great Heartland Howling over from Dice Hate Me Games, and Philip Dabari, who we've had on the show before, uh, and has done several games. And he's got a couple, he's got a couple others. It's like going to be like the month or the next couple months. I asked him if we needed to dedicate a month to him <laughs> because he's got several games. I think one he's doing himself, one, another one through another publisher. And then this one he's doing with Jason, which is actually getting launched on Jason's new company, Green Couch Games. They're going to launch it under that label. Cool logo. Yeah, it is. I love that logo. Uh, so wait till you guys see the logo. And this, so there's the hook. Who cares about the game? Yeah. 
The logo. The logo. Buy it for the logo. <laughs> Stay for the Love game. it for the mechanics. <laughs> so, Fidelitas, uh, what are we looking at here? Well, it's uh, a game of basically uh, manipulating power, kind of manipulating guilds and power and, and getting your influence uh, as, <laughs> as a secret society. So, you know, the, the city's kind of in turmoil and, and, and leadership's trying to figure, you know, various things out. And you're trying to just kind of put people in the right place and contact with the right other people from other guilds in the correct locations, basically. So what do we get with this game? Well, it's a, what is it? Two to four players, I believe. Plays in about 20, 30 minutes, which is really nice. We got to play uh, several games in a row. You get five location cards, which the location cards are double locations. So there's a, you'll spread out. There's actually 10 locations that you're uh, manipulating people to go to. You get 20 Missio, Missio cards. Uh, which are like missions. They're like score. That's how you get your score, uh, scoring for the end of the game. And 50 Virtus cards, uh, which are basically people in various guilds with special abilities that you get to put out. So you'll have the five locations out on the table or the five location cards out on the table in the proper with order. 10 locations. With 10 locations out in the proper order. And they are labeled one, two, three, four, five. So you kind of see that and you know what order they're supposed to be in. And, uh, one side is considered closest to the castle. The other side is considered closest to the harbor. And the reason that comes into play is because there are actually people in guilds with abilities that talk about harbor and castle. So you need to kind of know that even though there's no representation, at least in the prototype, which again, we're dealing with a prototype uh, that we got of the castle and harbor. Uh, set up, you get those five location cards out in the proper order, and then you will shuffle the Virtus cards and place one uh, Virtus card face up in front of every location. So you'll have 10 of those cards out to start the game with. You deal uh, two Virtus cards to each player and then uh, two Missio cards to each player. Again, uh, the Missio cards are basically how you're going to score during the game. So they are things like, let me read a couple for you. Here's one where you gain the trust of the Swindler. You gather a guild pair in three locations. So uh, a pair of people uh, from the same guild in three different locations. They have to be in the same location and from the same guild. And then if you do that, you get two victory points for that one. And then you gain the trust of the baker by gathering characters from four different guilds at the bakery and you get one point for that. There's a lot of ones and two point things. There's some three, but I think the the highest one I saw was four. City guard. Yeah, the four was crazy. Gain the trust of the city. At least one card from each of the nine guilds must be present in the city. That's actually a different one than I had. The one I had, had well, you had to have eight, eight guards, guards out, out yeah. um, and that was worth four points. So then the Virtus cards, again, are characters. So they're going to have a guild symbol on them. And the locations all have a guild symbol as well, but not all guild symbols are on the locations. So each pair, so one card is going to have the symbols. For instance, the baker, the bakery and the butcher shop have like a yellow cleaver in it. Yeah. The That's their ar- guild artisan guild. Yeah. Yeah. But there are more characters guilds than there are location guilds. Right. So yeah, like the, um, miscreant guild 
doesn't have a location associated with it. The Harbor Guild doesn't have association, uh, a location associated with it and stuff like that. And the, the military guild, their soldiers don't have a location associated with them either. So they'll have a guild symbol, they'll have a name. So for instance, I'm looking at one right here. It's, uh, the professor who has the academic guild and Marianne. <laughs> well, Gilligan is. <laughs> And he has a special ability of discard one card from your hand to draw three cards. But then he also has a little symbol at the bottom saying, you know, because you're using his special ability, you don't get to draw like you normally do, which we'll get to when we get to phases. So that's what he does. The soldier from the military guild, he moves one card from the soldier's location to any other location. So wherever you put the soldier, if there are other characters there, you can move one to a different location. Or if... Three soldiers are present, clear the location. So what that means, including the soldier you just played, everybody that's there goes away and goes into the discard pile. So again, there are varying characters and abilities that are going to manipulate where people are in the, in the city, basically. And you're trying to manipulate those people to match what your missio cards are to score your points. And the game ends when either depending on number of players uh you get a certain amount of points so in a two-player game uh like we played a bunch of it was 10 points first person to 10 points wins three players it's eight points four players it's six points or the other end is if you go through the vertus deck twice if that happens then the game ends immediately and you go to most points so uh now let's see i think we're pretty much through setup you know you put the decks off to the side you have your starting player. And then it's pretty simple. Like I said, you've got two Virtus cards to start with and two Missio cards to start with. And turn is play a Virtus card. And the rules for playing a Virtus card is if the guild symbol of your character card matches a location, you have to play it on one of the two sides of that location card. And then you can play and then you use its special ability. Or you can play into the tavern anytime you want with any guild you want. And if you play into the tavern, you basically are saying you're putting the character there. You're not using its special ability, but you're getting rid of one of your Missio cards to draw a different one. And then you have to put off the deck a Virtus card and another character on the other side of the tavern. The tavern is the only location that's kind of on both sides of that card. So uh, you play that out to there. Uh, so you're either going to use a special ability and put it where it belongs. If you have a guild that doesn't match a location that's down, you can put it anywhere you want and still use its special ability, except for, I believe, the tavern. The tavern is always that you're kind of doing the Missio card thing. You're drunk to, to use it. your abilities at the tavern. Yes, and you never drink alone. That's why you put a, right. a character on the other side. Uh, so you play your Virtus card. You do any manipulation you get to you get to do because of abilities, and then you check your Missio cards. If you can score them, and any amount of them that you currently have, and there are ways to get more than two, you can score whatever requirements of, are met on the board at the end of basically after you've played your card. Uh, and we, we did it several times. We were able to score two cards at a time just by manipulating the board properly. And as soon as you do that, then you're going to draw replacement cards. So, uh, you, re- you replace your Missio cards right away. So as soon as you score one, you replace it. And then at the end of your turn, as long as you haven't played a Virtus card that tells you you can't draw, you draw another Virtus card. So there are ways to get more than two. Like I said, the professor tells you to discard one, but then you're going to draw three Virtus cards. 
and you are going to have then you're going to have at least three if not more cards in your hand because of that now drawing your replacement uh there is a, a little caveat to that too you can go blind off the top of the deck or you can pick the uh one of the cards in the tavern on either side of the tavern uh the only time the only one you, you can't potentially play is if you played into the tavern you can't basically pick your card back up you have to grab a card from the other side of the tavern i believe it's the last one out or something like that. It's the really, most recent yeah I, most recent I think yeah. what it sounded like yeah yeah so you can play the, like the outer edge characters in the tavern or draw blind and i mean that's pretty much it you keep doing that you keep manipulating where people are what guild members are where and what locations they're in until you can score enough missio cards or the uh, deck exhaust twice, which I think every time we we came pretty close to it being either way. Well, the way the way it goes though is the second round does go faster because yeah. you've got cards out in your hands, you've got cards out on the table. So the first run through, mm-hmm. you're building. Now, when you get to the end of the deck and you reshuffle, if you've had busy games and especially at four players, you very likely will. You got a whole swath of cards already out on all the location in your hands. Right. So the second run through is always very much faster. Yeah, it's a lot faster. Just, yeah, like you said, just because of that, because, you know, there's so many cards invested in the locations that it's, you know, there's a, a few cards that have abilities that say discard here and there, but it's like one, two, or if you do the soldier clear, which mm-hmm. can clear an entire location. But yeah, it's, it's such a, it's such a thinner deck than obviously when you start when there's hardly anything out. So there are no special abilities on the locations themselves, per se, other than, of course, what we talked about for the tavern. There are some cards, and there, uh, I believe there's some cards, and there's some Missio cards that refer to the castle and the harbor. So you just kind of keep in mind which side is which, and, and it, it tells you, like, you know, the basically the, uh, the manor courts and the magistrate's office is closest to the castle. Is well, there's a little icon on both. But I really wish that they, for the final game, they do include something, uh, you know, yep. yeah, stand little, up or yeah. just another card. Or yeah, there's a little castle icon there. And then the market and the warehouse is closest to the harbor. Yep. Yep. And, and the a harbor has ship. a little, yeah. Uh, just keeping that in mind. And, and that's, again, that's, that's it. I mean, it sounds pretty simple. It's rinse and repeat on that. So you either go through the deck twice or you score off your points. It's one of those. Well, well, let's let's just get into it because we'll we'll talk. Frustrating, to, damn it! It's not it's not frustrating. Uh, it's actually quite clever. Um, <laughs> so again, we're talking about a prototype, but we do know what we have is near final art and stuff. You know, some of the components will change, might change a bit, some of it might get tweaked. Uh, but we we were told this is near final art. So, what did you think overall of the components? Uh, if this was the game we were getting out of Kickstarter. The art's very nice. It's totally a card-driven game. So, you know, they've indicated that card stock might change, but if they go with what they have, it's nice and thick. It's nice and glossy. The art on the cards is very nice. It's uh all the characters look like, well, they have character. It's not just kind of 2D or, you know, standard, this is the Fat Harbor Master and this is the Blushing Maid. It's all the characters have a bit of character to them. They're all very unique individuals. Not like light boxing, but just, you know, just each character looks into, uh, like, l- l- like a person. My only complaint componentry, like we discussed and like I just mentioned is I really wish in the final product they do include a card 
or some kind of representation for both the harbor and the castle, both so that there's a visual representation. I mean, one time through and you got to figure it out. But I think just a visual representation for each end of the chain, I think that would just be a nice thing to do. Yeah, I can see them not having to do it just because obviously because we do have a prototype, we are going off of strictly written rules. Yes. So, I mean, you know, we didn't have a setup diagram. Where in a setup diagram, they'd probably say in the harbor and, you know, like, like we kind of did the Virtus cards are over on the castle side, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I think even just that, once they get to that point, that kind of becomes potentially unnecessary. It was for us. Well, it's not at all necessary because right. at the very least, the iconography is on the cards. But I'm just right. saying just a visual thing yeah. to, to complete the, the tableau. Right. No, I, I get what you're saying and I, I, I somewhat agree with it, but I was just saying from our aspect, what confused us for a while and, and reading and rereading was because we did not have any visuals to mm. kind of go with us on the rules. Now that's, I mean, the rules are not bad at all there. I mean, this, again, it's a, pretty easy game most of the most of the wording and text we got was just kind of explaining some of the characters uh, mm-hmm. a little bit more so there wasn't a lot for us to look at it's just it is a straight text rule set that we got and first couple read throughs we were kind of looking for the castle and harbor card almost uh so it took us a little while to oh yeah though there's the icon there and i i can totally see like like you said having those cards but i think even with like i said just the visual of actual setup that'll help a lot as well i do agree too though i mean the components on this are really nice i love the art style i think they did a, a great job they didn't individualize say like each professor or anything like that but you're not that that's not necessary but each character each card and there are a lot of different characters and a lot of different so there's a lot of artwork in mm-hmm. this they've got personality they've got you know they, they they set themselves apart they're very they're visually nice to look at i love the artwork in this i think i think this matches really nice with with what you're kind of trying to do so i definitely enjoy that as well yeah as a people moving game it's nice to mm-hmm. have real people to look well <laughs> not generic people to look at right and and easily i mean you can it's so obvious that like they didn't use the you know they didn't just like recolor <laughs> the same character five different times yep. or something they gave each one its own unique look and feel uh which was great all right so let's uh move on to mechanics and this is where i almost kind of started in the in the beginning and thought let's just go ahead and move on to this stuff but do you want to go first you want me to go, go first about talking about mechanics a little bit i'll go first because i don't really have any problems we had i love how the the idea for you to go first is because well i don't got problems so i can't talk for a while <laughs> if i had problems i'm getting the last word <laughs> no no i mean we, we had some issues with like you said, just plain text rules and first run through. So we weren't really sure how all the cards were going to interact properly with the locations. And there was some confusion about location card versus locations on the card and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But once we got that figured out, reading a number of cards and, and, uh, and everything and comparing them, you know, what we thought they were saying versus what we think we should see them doing it worked out pretty quickly once we knew what we were doing that's always a bonus <laughs> mechanics always flow better when you know what you're doing uh once we knew what we were doing no it's it, it flowed very smoothly there were no move your fuel moments there is nothing like that it's player card proc any effects check for score draw card or cards it's very simple only a few things you're doing each round and there's enough subtlety here some of the stuff is very uh straightforward you know you're gonna grind you gotta get Six people on each side of one location or five different guild, you know, 
nine different guilds across both sides or, you know, four separate guilds at one place. So some of it is Make very sure straight. there's no soldiers here. Yeah. That kind of, yeah. Some of it is very straightforward. And you know, once you've got an experienced group with this, you know that once uh, you start to try to put stuff in place, it'll become a little bit more obvious what you're trying to do. And that's where a very nice screen neighbor comes in. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, some of it is very much subtle. It's got a couple different pairs here and pairs show up very easily. So that's not always a tell. Mm-hmm. You know, things just get thrown down because you have to put a scholar at the university, but the scholar is a very powerful card. So yeah, they tend to end up at the university mm-hmm. a lot. At least I think it's very, very powerful. You know, discard one and you get three. That's a, that's a good return. Right. Yeah. It's a nice balance of straightforward, subtle and screw your neighbor. And mechanically it all works well together. Yeah, I, I agree. And this is where I was half kind of trying to get into it while I was explaining it was that I really was hoping to play this with Megan once before, like you got here tonight. Obviously that wasn't going to happen because she got here after you. This game is extremely easy to pick up and learn, but it's the, the subtlety that you're talking about where, where the meat comes in, where, where there is strategy, where there is, and there's the whole, do I just go for it? And just try to get it done as fast as possible, or do I try to work around it and not let you know what I'm going for? You know, like one of my favorite, who was it? Was it the, uh, not the baker? Uh, is it the baker that, that does lets you discard two? No, that's the butcher. No. Uh, the baker. Yeah. Uh, move any two cards to two different locations. Mm. That's kind of cool on the aspect of which one did I really mean to move potentially? Yeah. The same one with the, uh, the purple chick. The merchant that lets you do two to one or from one, from two to one. In the broker? I think that might be her. The green chick? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> the location is purple. No. Location's green. No. On her. Commerce. Yeah. It's the purple crown or the purple anchor or whatever it is. No. It's the green crown. You're No, you're wrong. <laughs> you, just admit you're wrong. I'm not wrong. You are. It's right there. Yeah. That's purple. That's green. I'm looking at it right now. It's purple. That's green. No, it's purple. That's green. It's purple. It's green and yellow. <laughs> it's purple and gold. You are colorblind. <laughs> no, I just will not admit defeat. <laughs> it's purple. But yeah, it's it, little things like that. It's it's cards like that and cards that you can use and, and things like the soldier to boot somebody out and are you... Or really, boot everybody out. Yeah, or yeah. boot everybody you? Are you really putting them where you need them to go, or are you just booting somebody because you're trying to manipulate that location? Mm-hmm. You know, just all kinds of little things like that. And that's where that subtle, it, it's, like you said, it's a quick, easy game to, to teach and learn, but there's things to think about and manipulations happening and, and to get your points. And then, you know, a couple of times you're, lo- I'm looking at Missio cards and going, is this the round I need to finally go to the tavern? Cause I don't know if I can get this done. <laughs> So all of that just plays really well together. I think the mechanics on this work really, really nice. And, uh, I, I like, I like it. I like what they've done with it. I like the feel. I, I like the, there's no big fluff and, and all that other stuff here, but knowing what they were going for and, and what they, what you potentially represent with this game, you get that nice feel. Wow. Yeah. You're told I... you're a manipulator <laughs> yep. and you are manipulating. It's, uh, <laughs> what it is all right so two rules uh again we got text only rules still very easy to to figure out very easy to learn uh like jordan had kind of said earlier we had a couple quick questions but again this was just based off of having straight text i think some of the visuals will definitely clear that up and it did not take us long to figure out the things that we questioned 
like one of it was that, you know, the location cards are called location cards, but the two sides on a location card is called a location. So just making sure to distinguish between that a little bit when we were reading through stuff. The game term for clearing as opposed to just emptying. Yep. Yeah, the little things like that. All little things that could easily get to find out a little bit more, too, in the final version. But there's nothing here in what we got, and again, straight text rules, that made us go, we got to stop playing, we've got to set some time aside, we got to figure this out. It was all very much on the fly, easy for us to figure out kind of stuff. So rules, I I think, are great. I mean, again, it's it's such a, a fairly easy game. Uh, so moving on to teachability, what do you think? <laughs> Pretty teachable. Yeah. I got to say this. I will easily put this in my bag of gateway, start teaching people games, games. Yeah. I mean, this, uh, this covers a lot of, uh, a lot of ground. It's a gateway. It's uh, casual. It's also a little bit more than casual and primarily card driven. Yeah. So for people that are like, just like card games, mm-hmm. you know, like, like I said, I wanted to play it with Megan because she comes from a card playing background with her and her family play a lot of card games so she's kind of drawn to that kind of stuff definitely adding this to my my gateway bag of tricks <laughs> so theme what you think uh it's light but it doesn't need to be any more than it is like I said in the in the rules the little piece of fluff is that you're a manipulator and you're going to manipulate people to meet your goals and that's what you do it's got a nice kind of latin pseudo latin feel to it in the in the names on the cards and uh the game itself and it's definitely got an old word world feel to the to the art the character artwork it's like i said it's light but it doesn't need to be anything else and and the theme leads to a very nice visual what you get out of the rule book and just explaining what you're supposed to be representing while playing this game is more than enough i mean there's not there's not like background, you know, there's not like flavor text on, on there's no the factions. Yeah. You're not representing, but anything. there are, but it is nice because you do have the different guilds and, and many, many different guilds and the locations and the fact that you're told that you're manipulating these guilds and these people into, uh, what you need them to be to pull the proper strings. It works well. It's, it's light. It's thin, but it's not, it doesn't feel, it's, it doesn't feel like pasted type thing it it it's just light enough for what this needs to be mm-hmm. all right so fun factor slash overall that's no, pretty good like we, we talked about this game serves a lot of purposes depending on what you need uh you know gateway light going fast enough it could be a filler at four people if you're just waiting mm-hmm. for a fifth dude or dudette to show up it's definitely could be a filler because it progresses quickly no this is a very fun game this is a game that uh i think would be a great game day game to you know get things started get things ended because it's fast and enjoyable i completely agree i mean this is one of those games where we played it and then turn around played again and, and you know we we were able to play multiple times and still get on with the rest of our evening i don't know you know this is you know sometimes when jordan and i try to get our gameplays in it's it, it can be difficult just because of the time span of the game sometimes uh and and making sure that we get the plays in that we feel we understand the game and this was one we just kind of sat down and and usually we don't always get to play them multiple times in a, in a single night uh but this we're just like let's play again let's play again and uh and we you know knocked a knocked several games out uh had a great time doing it had no no issues with the game like i said this one easily you know you talked about starting or ending or waiting for people for a game night i completely agree with that this is also one that i think i wouldn't mind like i said this is my my kind of 
one of my new uh, gateway games. But for somebody like me that helps out in the uh, walk-in and play area of kind of the north, somebody's coming in. Hey, I you know I missed my game. I've got an hour to kill or whatever now. And what can you teach me quick or something? Boom! Right here, you can get in up two, three games maybe before you get to go to your next thing or or move on to something else. I can teach you a couple of things in a row. Yeah, it's ridiculously portable. It's smaller than like an Ultra Pro deck box. Like we said, it's like less than 100 cards unless they get massive stretch goals i guess <laughs> I, well and in again which case they should work up to a wooden box too. <laughs> and again uh just remember i mean this is actually hitting kickstarter sometime in august mm-hmm. uh so there's there's plenty of time for it might even do a quick video or something for this at some point just to kind of show it off because it, it is it's 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 such an easy i mean we can we can show a full game easily in in a video and that'd be kind of cool uh i'm also I have an interview, so Philip is coming back on, uh, but for one of his other games. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure we'll talk about this. Too. And Jason is coming on uh, sometime either, I think, early to mid-August, maybe. Uh, so we'll be talking to both of them, and Jason is specifically coming on to talk about this. Cool. So uh, we will get uh, to, to pick their brains a little bit about it. But August, Fidelitas, I'd say definitely check it out this it's a sweet game. I It's very nice. This is, I don't say this often, but this is definitely a game that deserves to be funded. It's time for the Brick Breakdown, where we're breaking down what's building up in the Lego universe. Hi, this is Will with Sarah. Hello. And this is the Brick Breakdown. And today we're going to be talking about how Lego has kind of transcended digital uh, along with their physical uh, product. So the first thing we're going to start off with is probably one of its earliest attempts, and that was the Lego Digital Designer. Uh, this was a way for people who didn't have large collections to build what they want virtually in a 3D modeling program that Lego designed. And then, well, when it originally came out, uh, you might remember this, Sarah. Yep. They uh, wanted it so that you designed it and then you could just order it. Yes, which was a very nice concept, but really limited because then you could only build with the pieces that they had available for purchase. So a lot of times you'd be like, oh, I'm building this and this and this, and then you can't find the piece that you want or the color that you want because it was all fulfilled through their online ordering process uh, for the the bulk bricks that you can get online. And as a lot of people know, it's kind of limited. Yeah, they didn't quite, I think, fully realize that the people who would utilize this wanted rare pieces, Mm -hmm. would build some very intricate things that, uh, well, just because of the production of it, uh, you can't always keep in stock. Right. And on top of that, while it was a neat idea that you would get a customized box with it, that was about a base, what, $10 yes, just for the, for the box. box. So even adding a few pieces, your set could grow really quickly in, in cost. Yeah. But it, it would also uh, develop the instructions for you, mm-hmm. give out a nice printout. You could actually rotate the model to you got that picture that you just like, maybe put a background on it. Right. So it was really neat. I mean, it was... I would say it was close to worth the the 10 bucks they added. Right. However, there was a little too many problems with that. So they actually redesigned it. They took out the buying portion of it. Mm -hmm. And now it just uh, exists as a, well, a 3D modeler. 
Right. And it has every piece uh, Lego has ever made, uh, which was really great for those who want to design in Lego. It was a really nice, uh, relatively easy user interface, um, a lot easier than the fan-made version, which had been developed uh, a long time before that. So for a Lego-made product, it was uh, really accessible and allowed you to digitally design with all your Lego pieces. Yeah, and it also um, can output mm-hmm. a file so that if you want to share your creation, it's just a file away. You have the Lego digital designer pop it in and there's whoever's um, version of whatever model. Yep. So that's what it exists at like today. So that was a nice first step into the digital world into the digital world but it still wasn't quite that physical interaction they wanted right so then they moved on to uh life of george and we're going to get to that in a second because that actually leads into the the final topic instead let's talk about mindstorms mindstorms is a robotics program and uh the most recent edition is ev3 and in this edition they actually have an app that can be used as a remote control for your robot. Yep. Up until this point, you pretty much had to design on the computer, right? Yes. Well, or your 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 programming. You had to. Well, you you still can do that. Uh, what they what would happen is uh, they have an intelligent brick, and then you program into that, and then you have a controller that then accesses the intelligent brick. Now, um, I think they've streamlined the process down mm-hmm. to the app. Uh, and that allows them to use the very uh, various gyroscopes and sensors on your app. Uh, one of the models that uh, has an instruction right out of the box is like the snake. And if you whip out your smart smartphone, device. yeah, smart device, it will actually s- move out the snake and like snap its jaws. So it's a really interesting way to actually start bringing the physical product into this digital age. Yes. The problem with that. Yeah, Mindstorms has a very high entry cost to it, which is why it's mostly reserved for schools as they usually buy in in bundles. They buy several kits and bundles and um, then you have large, not large, but you have school groups, kid groups that will then utilize the the kits and there's a lot of competitions um, for uh, Mindstorms creations. Uh, and then for the individual side, I mean, you have to lay down $320, and if you want to get the full access out of it, you might want to get familiar with coding, mm-hmm. and if you weren't familiar with coding, there were books to help, and it just kept adding up the price tag. Yeah. So, as a way to solve that and... and make it a little more accessible. Make it a little more accessible, they needed to change their focus. Now, what they started out doing, and this was before the EV3, was Life of George. And uh, with Life of George, it's actually a very simple game. You have a box of pieces, and then uh, you buy that set. And it comes with a special plate and all the parts you need. And then you download the free app to your phone or smart device, and it gives you challenges. The thing is, it's based off of all those um, brain development type games. So it's a speed challenge. 
You load up the device. If you're doing it solo play, you'll, you'll get a random challenge. And you have to, once the clock starts on the app, you have to build whatever it is as fast as you can, but as accurately as you can. You put the piece that you build onto the plate, you take a picture, and then it scores you on how accurate and how quickly you uh, built. And there's lots of different challenges, plus you can upload your own building creations to it and share those with people across the world. And then you can also challenge yourself against a friend. So while that's a really neat concept, it was also rather limited in appeal. Not everybody wants to play a speed challenge for mixing digital and real together. Or not everybody wanted to learn. That's true. Like I said, it was based on the more of the, the brain challenges to develop your brain. And while it is a good exercise, it isn't going to appeal to everybody. Yeah. And if you're wondering why it was called Life of George, George was pretty much what the mascot. Yeah, it was his world. He explored it, and so he gave you most of the challenges of things that he had explored in his world. And, of course, the whole thing was then you could add things that you explored to his world. Now, for as quasi-successful slash unsuccessful as it was, wasn't there two versions? I believe they came out with a second version, like an update to it. Mm -hmm. But it didn't really... Yeah, it didn't really kick... Revitalize. It didn't really take off. Right. However, that was not... Uh, the end of this whole uh, using this type of capture plate. Recently, it's been announced, and it's going to be uh, August and September, I believe. Yes. Four new sets. Yes, under the line of LEGO Fusion. Now, LEGO Fusion takes away, well, that kind of learning aspects and brings more of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so social games, consider that a good example. However, the, the app is free. Yes. But the sets are $35, and that gives you all the pieces you need to play the games. Now, in the line, there are going to be three in August, which are more of their generic lines. That would be a city, a race, and a Mm castle-type line. And then September, their special four girls, friends line. Yeah. So let's go into what each of those are and, and kind of how the game plays. Okay. So first up is the city one. The yes, it's called Lego Fusion Town Master. It is a, a simulation game where you're going to create and rule your own town. So the real bricks you take and you start building portions, um, and then you capture it using the app, and it gets imported into the game. And so you'll build like uh, houses, pizzerias, fire station, a bike shop. All the while, you're still trying to actually play the game, which is you complete errands and missions. You're going to catch robbers and fight fires and all things like that. It's a continual process. And all of them are like this. All the fusion line is you're going to do something in game, stop build something, take a picture of it, it gets imported, and you continue playing the game. And that's the concept that they wanted behind this, is that it you're not your kids aren't always going to be stuck on a, a, a computer a device. device. Yeah, a digital yeah. device. They're not going to get that glazed over look in their eyes. Okay, then the next one is the Create and Race. Yes, Create and Race. So it's it's like it sounds, you're going to build cars, and you're going to race them. And so with this... There, it's kind of based off of even like the colors and the shapes that you use to build your vehicle, and that will determine the performance of your car in this race. And then, of course, you are trying to overcome challenges, and you can unlock more builds and more things, things like that. Yeah. 
Uh, then the, the castle one is, is the... Battle Towers. It's actually, it's a tower defense game, which I find very fascinating. You are building up your tower. You're going to put in warriors and, and wizards, and you're going to fight off the armies of, uh, the undead and such. And there were, are going to be some, like, real-time battle, battle challenges yes. for when, like, your castle gets destroyed. Right. Uh, and then the one you're looking forward to. Yes, I'm actually looking forward to is called the Resort Designer. You're going to, it is in the Friends world, and you're building vacation houses and shops and activities, and you build these 2D facades. You capture them, import them in, and then you design the interior of the 3D structures. So you can build an aquarium and shop and beach houses. And so, again, it's different challenges and missions. You can rescue dolphins. I'm, that sounds like a lot of fun. So that's the one the resort designer will be coming out in September. Right, a month the other, after these other ones. Right, and the other three will be in August. Yeah, so if that interests you... Uh, it will be available for the iOS as well as Android. And again, the app is free. You just have to pay the 35 for um, the actual sets. Now, they will be a, a limited distribution. They will only be available in Lego stores and Toys R Us's. So also Lego.com. And Lego.com, right. Yeah. So in case you don't have a Lego store or a Toys R Us near you, you have an option. Yes. Uh, so that's a lot more affordable than $320. For Mindstorms, definitely. Yeah, and maybe a little bit more fun than uh, Life of George. Exactly. So make sure to keep an eye out for that. It's Lego Fusion. Uh, it'll be on, on the box. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a special box for them, though. I don't I don't know. They usually do different themes. We haven't seen the boxes just yet. Yeah, so that's what's up, and, and that's where we're going. Uh, that's where Lego's going with their... Digital, Digital. Yep. and bringing it together. We'll see how it does. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, hopefully, next time we'll talk about Lego Ideas. Yes. Which, which is, used to was be. Lego Kuso. Yes. Which we have mentioned before. Yep. I'm Will. I'm Sarah. And if you need to get a hold of us, you can always find me on the Brick Blogger. I write blogs. Sarah's on Twitter. At Eurogamergirl. Dot, or at Eurogamergirl on Twitter. Yes. Yep. <laughs> so we'll see you next time. Hit the bricks. <laughs> What we're watching Falling Skies is back Jordan's favorite show So uh, are you I caught up? Did say something there? What? <laughs> I like the show It really did have a couple Like there were some I think bad edits in this first I mean I've heard some people praise it Praise the show overall Or the, the season opener all, overall But there are a couple times Megan and I looked at her like we didn't go make food and come back and miss a piece, did we? It, it, just the, I mean, it, it eventually got explained, but there were some pretty jagged cuts that were a little confusing. But overall, still looking forward to the show. And then, then, uh, they, 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 were they jagged little cuts, jagged little pills. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was, it was kind of cool because they started off, you know, they were all shiny, happy. The world's a great place and that turned quick. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to that one being back on. Defiance is back. Oh, got a couple of those on the DVR. I think we accidentally missed one, but we're going to go back and try to get like the, we got another new DVR. They came out and replaced it again. And I think somehow, even though Megan tried to make sure everything was set up, it missed one. So we might have to go back, but the season opener was really nice. And yeah, we missed the opener, our DVR. So. I mean, we went manually and like 
killed every part of that season <laughs> recording and then set up a new season recording and yeah. it's finally started to pick the stuff up but that's what happened to us last year it just stopped yeah. recording yeah and then we forgot it, yeah, about it you, so. you borrowed it from me to catch up yeah yeah it's it's still solid so far um from what i've seen it so awesome true blood is back and final Sorry. season so thank God it's final season. It's we stuck it out this far. We're just going to end it off. I haven't made my decision yet on, on how I feel about what's going on right now. It's eh, eh. it's time for it to be done. And like we kind of discussed while you were over the other night, we power watched the season three of Luther. Great show. Yeah. I, awesome show. Awesome show. Don't really, you know, there was all the rumors about them going movie. I think they might have to. I don't see where, uh, I don't see. I just, I just hope they leave it as is. I hope there's no attempt to do anything else with it. I think that was just, uh, as close to a perfect TV ending without being a manufactured (laughs) ending as you can get. Yeah. It was, it was great. We, we definitely enjoyed that show. Uh, so, you know, we, the reason we, it finally got on Netflix. So we were able to power watch the third season. Orphan Black got to watch the season finale of that. That is a great show as well. Can't wait for another season of that. Orphan dance party. <laughs> that was great. Uh, of course, we talked about it before. Still, I don't know if I'd even call it a guilty pleasure, but we're, you know, the American Ninja Warrior, still watching that. You know, it was kind of funny. We were watching that the other night and Megan looked at me because, you know, those dudes fly. Some of those dudes fly through that thing. And like, this guy did like a minute something. She's like, I can't even get to the bedroom <laughs> in a minute. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, what did we catch? Oh, they were doing the um, Americans versus versus the Japanese mm-hmm. uh, version the other night. That that uh, Megan must have been flipping through. I don't think that was actually one we recorded or something. It was on. We stood on that. We we watched that for a while. I finally saw uh, Megan put this in the other the Justice League War. Mm-hmm. She liked it. I'm not so much. I th- is eh. she really liked parts of it. Me, I'm just it. It was a kitty version, don't you think? It was. It, I, mean, I I just thought it was overall weak, and especially mm-hmm. the first half. Once they gave up with trying to have witty dialogue as the team grew to be a team, and they just straight up dealt with dark side, I thought it got better. But yeah. I I thought it was one of their weakest offerings. Yeah, it time. was definitely one of their weakest. But Megan enjoyed part of it or parts of it, and and a lot more than I did. Well, she's wrong. <laughs> and I can say that because she's never going to hear this. Out. That's she's true. not in it. She's not in it. Uh, and then we watched Out of the Furnace. Have you seen that movie? No. Great slow burn movie. Great oh, slow burn movie. Keep getting huh? out of the furnace. Yeah. Well, it's it's like it's Christian Bale and and Woody Harrel or not. Um, yeah. God, who else is in that? There's a couple other people in it, but it's just it's it's the uh small town like small town for you know the the. Uh, mill workers or whatever, factory workers. And, you know, dad did this and we do this. And, and the one guy goes to, to prison and, and it's, it's a whole, it's just that little slice of dark Americana kind of thing. But, you know, it is, it's a very slow burn movie. And you, you've heard me say this, but it's slow burn done right. This and like true detective, uh, was a very good slow burn done right until the last episode. <laughs> then they did slow burn wrong. <laughs> Which ruined that whole thing for me, but it it is it was a solid movie, but it's a, it's a longer movie too, so it is a very slow burn. <laughs> but it was good. We enjoyed that one. We had been looking forward to to watching that one uh, when we first started seeing trailers for it, so we finally got around to it. That's what I'm watching. I'm right there with you on the Orphan Black. We had seven episodes of it, so we watched those over the course of two days. Nice. And- 
was really That's a good. good watch. That is a show that we actively let pile up because that was not one we wanted to have to wait a week <laughs> between. As with uh, We're Live, I was quite happy to just let it pile up for two months and then <laughs> then watch the whole thing. Yeah, that was an excellent ending. Some really mm-hmm. great, uh, some really great reveals and some good uh, uh, semi spoiler. I hope Rachel's not as dead as she appears. <laughs> I I hope she's a comeback character. Yeah. Longmire's back and uh as enjoyable as ever. This is good lunchtime watching for me. Uh I will grab something to eat and go watch Longmire every Tuesday for my lunch break. It's good. Some of the small plots that they or the back plots that they've been growing over the first two seasons are starting to come to a head. And uh they've introduced a couple new characters and Peter Stomari was on it uh for the one up. Don't know if he's gonna be back, but I I just like him because he's always a bit of a He's been a dick in everything I've seen, but he's a, he's a good dick. So, uh, watch the first two eps of, uh, The Last Ship, uh, from TNT. Probably still going to go read the book because this is, it's interesting enough. It's, it's simple. It's, uh, I had a little stupid moment here in the last ep, but, uh, it's simple. You know, the, the bio disaster has wiped out the world and here's the one ship that because it was up in the Arctic, it didn't get infected. So. They're the last ship, like literally, except of course for this Russian cruiser that's also <laughs> floating around trying to do what they do. The uh, lastest ship. Yes. <laughs> uh, and who knows who else has a ship out there that just happened to be quarantined because there was in the middle of the Atlantic or the Pacific or the Indian or the Sea of Japan. Cause there, there are never multiple ships at sea. The North Sea, <laughs> Antarctic, you know, Rona Mitra's in it and I generally dislike her. And she's not particularly likable in this, to my mind, but I can get by her because it's just fun. It's not deep. It's not trying to be deep. Uh, the last step, they went to Guantanamo Bay, I guess just to show that terrorists are still bad, even if the world has <laughs> ended. The private contractors that got overrun. So, of course, now there's all these Al-Qaeda type people running around and very conveniently had AK-47 type weapons <laughs> on a U.S. prison base. So... A little bit heavy on the political imagery there, but whatever. It is what it is. It's just a popcorn flick, popcorn show, and it's enjoyable. And as always, the World Cup action is still going on. <laughs> the round of 16 just got finished up, and uh Germany, Brazil, and the Argies are all advancing, and uh they really need to step their games up because they had far too much difficulty for teams they should have beat, and... uh you guys lost a horrible game that you were actually nowhere <laughs> at any point in. Your goaltender should never have to put up 16 saves to try to stay competitive. Klinsman cannot work miracles, despite the fact that he's German. <laughs> but it was two hours of Tim Howard just looking spectacular until four minutes in into overtime where he let in two goals. But, I mean, 16 saves in a soccer game is just stupid. That, does, that, that doesn't happen. If your goaltender is... Ne- if, if your keeper's needing to make 16 saves, that just means you've got, like, 10 guys on the field that aren't doing anything. There were a lot of white jerseys running around and sweating, but at no point should should uh, Belgium be putting up 16 shots that Howard needs to save. And then it's summertime, so uh, uh, Rizzoli and Isles is on the DVR. Uh, that's piling up. Like I said, Defiance is piling up. We've got a couple other things that are just piling up. These are things that I prefer to, to binge watch rather than go week to week. <laughs> What we're reading slash listening to. Well, I think it was this morning I finished the latest chapter of We're Alive. So one more chapter left. I still can't believe that. That makes that makes no sense to me. They're still introducing new things. And did you listen to it yet? Yeah, I'm. 
I'm just not sure where I'm at on this. It was very irritating. I would have been quite happy to not have a, a zombie resolution if they just got straight into the Maulers. Mm-hmm. But to do this whole thing of zombie evolution just because they were dicking with the zombies. Yeah, that that's I actually put this down here that I was not on board with not only that train of thought, Tanya's train of thought, but how she even came there. That was that was a stretch. I mean yeah. that and the whole protection sigil where they go from the one room where it was covered with everything but still mm-hmm. everybody got trashed, and then there's this one room with this one lone symbol. And now he's just randomly carving it on people. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? If these are the people that are dicking with you, why are you and your minions carving it on people? No, it's it's a strange end. But I was yeah. happy to get back to the Maulers for the, yeah, for the cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah the, the cliffhanger's good. But is it me or does it sound like like we're not going to get the final That's chapter for quite like. a while? It's like going to be the the live event and then a pay event or something like that. But yeah. then and the, then a streaming event. Yeah, and then seventeen some, or eighteen someday. Events, like, Somewhere around October. We're Someday, gonna... those of you who have been listening from day one. <laughs> you might get it. <laughs> or Power Watch or Power Listen or whatever. Yeah, but I mean. The it... most torrented audio show <laughs> ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I hope that's not how it turns out. You it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's, there's a lot still to wrap up just for one chapter. It'd be interesting yeah, to see how it I all... mean, there's three groups and then mm-hmm. like their fortresses are getting overrun and then you got... Mm-hmm. The zombies that have they think they've figured it out, but they're still dicking with you. And yeah. then you got the maulers, and you got you know, <laughs> there's a lot out there for just three parts of one chapter. Yeah. All right. Uh, so other than that, I got sidetracked again. So I'm still reading Fire and Frost. I haven't quite finished it yet. So I read some more of it last night, but yeah, I got sidetracked on rules and some other things, and haven't had time to read anything. So I start. I picked it up again last night for a while, and I, you know, I think I'm. I'm at the 70% mark or something like 67, 70%, somewhere in there. So I'm getting there, but slow. I've, I've had other things get in the way. Uh, and then I'm just going to mention it before I turn it over to you that. No, nope, I'm taking over. Nope. Jordan and I have actually been contacted about some comics, some independent comics that we're going to take a look at. Uh, we're going to talk about those on the next episode to give us a chance to read them. Cause this literally happened like within the last day or two. <laughs> um, and we finally got our copies, but I did want to mention. Uh, the under the flesh one, just because it's lot, that one is actually, the, the other one is not a Kickstarter that we're going to take a look at, but this one is going to go up on Kickstarter July 6th. And I'm interviewing one of the designers tomorrow, but Jordan and I will give our opinion of it when we read it and, and look at it on the 16th. But I'll, I'll include, um, cause there's a good chance that this may not happen. I may or may not get this out this weekend with the long holiday because we have the shelving thing that. I don't know if we're going to get, we don't, I don't think we're going to have all the materials for, so I might have more time than I think since they're still uh, not at the store yet. One way or the other, either through this or when I talk to, to him, we'll, we'll get a link out there. It's called Under the Flesh and it's supposed to launch July 6th in the comics category. Uh, and then we'll also be t- taking a look at a comic called Winter with a Y, W Y N T E R. Uh, so we get the first issue of under the flesh and we have two issues of winter that was sent to us to give our uh, feedback on an opinion on the show so one thanks for reaching out to us that's kind of cool uh, appreciate we, it 
it, we, you know, it's part of our show. It makes sense for us to kind of do that expansion as well from time to time. And it's, I don't want to say it wrong, but it's, it's definitely less time consuming for us to give a review of a, of a comic or something like that coming up on Kickstarter than it is to take all the time we need to for a game. So th- those are kind of things that are fairly easy for us to add in. And, and I look forward to doing more, hopefully. I've actually, I don't know why it's never really occurred to me to kind of, I mean, there are a lot of comics on Kickstarter. Uh, but since we've always been so game focused and those are the most contacts I have, I, I, I've never reached out to anybody. Of course, I don't really reach out to a lot of people for games either. They all kind of find us. So it's kind of cool that people are potentially finding us for that. All right. So what do you got, sir? Finish the latest Dresden books, skin game. <laughs> and as I mentioned on the Facebook, on the Facebook, on the book of face, I thought it was disappointing. Um, not bad. Just. Like I said, it's... Yeah, uh, you, you really disappointed David. <laughs> well, he never came back, so I don't know what to say. If you want to have some lively discussion on this, David, we can talk about it. I hope you're done now, because it's been a couple of well, weeks. Yeah, he was reading, so yeah. I think he just didn't want to spoil much. No, I understand that. But the last three books have been... You know, Dresden dies. You know, I, you know, Changes was, like, epic. It was epic. It was, like, the best book in the series, and possibly the best book of the year for urban fantasy, when it came out. But he was dead. And, you know, so you, it was epic. So there's going to be a hangover. <laughs> and then he was dead. And you had to relearn the universe because he was having to reintroduce himself to everybody as a ghost and gain their trust and deal with the emotional wounds of being dead. And then he was back. Yeah, the same thing again, only <laughs> now because he was back. And now he's, he's back and the his butcher's formula has always been enjoyable, but it's, it's getting repetitive. You know, Dresden, he's like uber wizard. You know, he's, though they won't admit it, the most powerful wizard in the white council. And he's by far the most powerful wizard in Chicago and given enough chance. He's Batman, you know, given us chance <laughs> to plan. He can do anything. So always the first step is to give him an unreasonable deadline. The second reason is to enforce it with death. Uh, the third reason is to then make him hurt somehow such that he cannot act at peak physical ability. And then, of course, remove gear because there's always at least two mentions of, you know, if I had this, things would go much better. <laughs> so it, it's for the first 12, 13 books, it, it worked. But now that he's back from the dead, it's just annoying I hope the last book, when he gets to it, is just like five pages of Harry going, y'all, bam, and just drops a fireball on Chicago that destroys all evil and leaves the rest of the city okay. You know, it's like, I took a month, I planned things out, zap. You know, I'd like to see Harry be able to work at full strength just once. The the formula, it's just gotten a little bit irritating for me. And like I said to to Dave, these last two, three books, well, obviously when he's a ghost, that's just a transition book. <laughs> <laughs> These last couple books have just seemed like he's he's trying to re- find his balance again and uh, butcher, I mean, and set up for what if he's to be believed is going to be the last three four books. He's said he's always had like seventeen to twenty books in mind, so we're getting to if that's to be believed, the end of Harry's story. And there's a lot left that he's got to get back in. He's he's spent three books just specifically with Harry dead and then coming back to life, and now as the Winter Knight having to do a lot of things against his will. So he's got to get got to get rid of the Winter Knight mantle and then get back to what hasn't really been addressed in four books because, well, he's been dead. 
and other things. So I hope he gets back to that as long as he progresses the story in a little bit better fashion than the last three books. I really won't mind the formula because the formula can add. Well, it's enforced drama, but for the first 12, 13 books, it was working okay. Last few, not so much. As we talked about, we're alive. Uh, I'm still working on Across the Nightingale floor. Uh, when I go to the gym, all the expected things have happened. Skills are being learned. Talents are being discovered. Uh, the Forbidden Romance is about to be put in place. All the major players for vengeance and or war are in place. It, it, it's still good. I had been listening to English Girl, as I mentioned, but Cibola Burn, the next Expanse book, came out. Uh, so I put English Girl on hold and I've been listening to Cibola Burn and I'm not keen on it. Got to say, you know, the, the third book ended with, uh, putting a new mechanism in place. And this is exploring the, the world. It's kind of a Stargate mechanism. And so this is exploring the universe on, uh, on the other side of the Stargate kind of thing. And unfortunately they turn it into settlers versus corporation kind of thing. And, uh, played out, you know, Silverado, whatever. It's. Uh, it, it's just people being deliberately stupid and deliberately obtuse. And I went through the eighties listening to the news and the IRA. So I, I really social terrorism like that, you know, for their point. No, I, I don't care. I'm hoping it turns into something better, but right now it's, it's just reading it out of dedication, listening to it out of dedication to the first three books rather than anything spectacular that they're offering right now. And then, uh, I got a vacation coming up this month, so I've been letting my comics pile up, but I did read one thing called uh, The Grim Leaper, which uh, is a book that Kurt Wiebe wrote a while ago, the dude that writes uh, Rat Queens, and this is uh, about a dude who's dead. But he doesn't stay dead. As the first, it's only four issues. It's quick and it's funny. So you should check it out. As the book opens, he's going down this hallway towards the pearly gates, but there's this a series of photos uh, or, or pictures on the wall. And the pictures get progressively twisted to the point that just before he gets to the pearly gate, the last picture pulls him in and spits him back out in the world. And so he's done this. Uh, this is the 13th time he's dead. He gets spit back into this body and whoever he gets into generally gets killed within a day. It's like he's moving from dead person to dead person uh, from or a person about to die to person about to die. And they always die in ridiculous manners. He's uh, well, they're, they're just they're just funny. He's walking. Oh, he falls into a well, he doesn't. But well, it, it's a it's a grim romance because he meets a woman who's also doing the same thing. And the first issue is just his story. And then he meets the woman. And then the next three issues are meeting the, the, the two characters trying to catch each other as after they've died. And it's, it's really hilarious. And they're, they're discussing ways they've died. Like this chick, she steals a car and she's got this long, like headscarf going on and the car gets, uh, the scarf gets caught in the tire. And <laughs> so you just see your head go flying off. It's really amusing deaths, deaths. But in the end, it is a romance. It is funny. They're just trying to have their happily ever after. So yeah, Grim Leaper, Kurt Weeby, check it out. And uh, that's what I got on the reading slash listening. What we're playing. This past weekend, we had our uh, Attack Wing Arena OP. Only four of us showed up, so we decided to do a battle royal. And it was really fun. It was four separate groups. I brought Federation, which I generally don't play. Dude brought Klingons. And then we also had a single board cube. 
And as the dude said, well, I was expecting everybody to bring Borg cubes, so who knows how this is going to... He got ganged up on a little bit since he was the Borg. And then some Dominion. It was a really fun scenario. It was called the Arena. We were do- redoing the... Uh, or we were, it was based on the uh, original series up with the Gorn. So the first three turns is kind of maneuvering. At the end of each round, you put a captain on the planet. And then the next round, if you spend your ship action, you can... Uh, roll some dice to get the captain on the planet, some resource tokens that you can use in the captain battles. So after the third round, all the captains are on the planet. And then it becomes captain's battle, very much like the uh, the TV show. You're rolling your dice. These tokens let you add extra dice. And it just goes and goes and goes until there's only one player with captains left. And as one person pointed out when I said I felt a little bit picked on, he said, I haven't lost a OP yet in <laughs> seven months. So suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I couldn't argue with that. And so it ended up with the dude playing the Klingons coming out of the battle with three captains and everybody else with none. And the uh, the scenario says the person that wins the captain's battle gets to rearrange the playmat however they want. Uh, they can move the planet and then they can fo- uh, position the ships however they want. And then the players can get one turn, either 90 or 180 degrees, can turn their ships. He was a little bit aggressive coming out of this and he did not listen to us. Or at least he did not take us seriously when we said we are going to gang up on you because you are the only person with captains left. And we did. And I won. Mainly because Jack, the Klingon dude, he he placed me such that I could get one ship behind his line and the other two I had to spend two turns getting around a planet. So I was literally out of range of everybody on the board for two turns and they just worked each other. And then I came in and cleaned house of the, the remaining it was, and there was not much left for me to clean up. It was, I one shot at a few things with some weak Federation tech. So it tells you how badly they were beat up, beat up. The feds don't one shot anything except maybe the, the Voyager with their transphasics, but it was really good. It was really great. I, I love doing battle royals every now and then. And the scenario was, was really fun. And, uh, so I got the little Gorn ship and the Gorn pilot. <laughs> uh, it was fun. And then we followed that up with, uh, the first Dice Masters OP. And I got worked pretty hard by Jordal. Uh, I won the first game. We were both essentially running the same, uh, same concept. We both had the beast that lets us draw if it defends. And I got my beast action going sooner in the first game. And then he had Mr. Fantastic that lets you force somebody to attack. So. On off turns, you're always forcing somebody to attack to get your beasts out there to block, get the dice going, get to the the costlier figures right away. Uh, worked really well for me in the first game. I didn't take any damage, and he got racked like it was twenty nil. But the next two games, he got it out ahead of me faster. And the first game, it came down to it was, that was a nail biter. I I uh, I lost at seven health. He was at six. I was at seven, and he got a swarm out. And then the last game, it. I didn't do any damage and I just got worked hard. It was, it was a woodshed moment. And then Tales of Honor is out now. Actually, it might have been out for a while, but I forgot about it and then remembered it. It's, uh, it's a Android game. Uh, it's probably on, it's probably on Kindle and iOS too, uh, based on the Honor Harrington universe. Uh, David Weber books. It's, uh, hard science military sci-fi i really like the first eight or nine books and then it got too politicky for me first stop so i stopped reading but this is based on the naval combat of that universe so it starts off judging by the character that i just met before the first book before on basilic station it's lester tourville he's a he's a people's republic admiral when the books start 
And in this game, he's a captain. So this is before the recorded history of the Honorverse. And you're not a named character or anything. You get to name your own character and whatnot. But it's uh, it's pretty interesting so far. It's free to play, but it's uh, in-game purchases. I haven't uh, seen anything yet where I would need or even feel the desire to purchase anything. But it's it's the kind of, you know, speed resource, you know. You can wait 10 minutes or you can pay 12 gems and you know 100 gems is probably going to cost you 10 bucks kind of thing i doubt i'll be pumping any money into that because it's not the it's just not the thing i do as a fan of the honorverse it's kind of cool seeing seeing the the warfare and the uh and the ships put out there uh they've changed it up a little bit i think just to so you can differentiate the faction like in the honorverse the physics and, and the science indicate all the ships essentially of each class have the same general shape because you know science this is how it works science (laughs) but in the game uh like the people's republic well it's it's not that yet no it is still the people's republic of haven their ships look different uh than the manticoran ships when in general it was just a size differential more so than uh anything else so that's a change but that's just a visual thing i think to to make it easier for players that aren't familiar with the universe i'm only like uh the training quest and a couple combats in it's really just a combat sim but it's fun and it's you don't have to do the math like you did in the in the minis game oh that honors verse minis game was just brutal (laughs) yeah so uh missions of honor or whatever that is it's on android at the very least so check it out if you like the honor verse i don't think i've really got anything tabletop i think uh megan and i probably got in a couple extra games of the grind versus just playing it to review it Mm -hmm. but i think that might be about it i don't think i've really played much other than review stuff recently but i did grab some stuff off of the steam sale i mean playing some of that but nothing like major but prison architect updated yet they have they they did an update. So I started a new prison the other night. <laughs> That's on my list. I haven't gone very far in it, but I did. Didn't start, mean to step on you there. I did start a new prison the other night to see. Uh, they st- One of my biggest pet peeves is still there, though. But they did. They, uh, I, I told you last time, like, this, this one was last month's one was going to be all bugs. So they squashed something like 54 bugs or something yeah, like that. And nice. they just spent the, the month doing that. So, yeah, I mean, I... I kind of interesting i still play that one off and on especially after they put out a new a new build space run i i got space run while that was on the steam sale and that is tower defense in space oh, nice. you're like a, a, a space runner uh so you're you're you know you're the han solo you know style you're taking whatever jobs you can for your ship and they're all just uh your ship you know, it doesn't really look much like a ship, but it's all, it's inter, interconnected like hexagons. And each of the hexagons is a spot you can put something. Mm. So, uh, you know, you take out, you get, you get your bare minimum, uh, to start, which is usually one propulsion unit and whatever cargo you're holding. And that's, and then that's where you start. And then you start kind of building up as you go, you know, credits or whatever to, to buy stuff. And, and you're dealing with, Asteroid belts coming from all, you know, asteroids coming at you from all different directions and pirates and and other stuff like that. So you've got to build up your defenses to take care of that and get through and, uh, you know, try to get as much. It's, it's the typical, you know, it's like three star. How fast can you do it? Time? Did all the cargo make it undamaged? That kind of stuff. And can you get all three stars? And then, you know, you get the credits and there are different people. You don't like Galaxy Trucker. It, it very much is. It's almost galaxy, except for, you know, without all the bullshit. Um, 
And there's different people that give you different sets of missions and, you know, depending on if they're more dangerous or not, or if there's, you know, the potential for more pirates to be after you, that kind of stuff. Some of them you're transporting people like rich people that want to go on tours and you got to keep them alive and versus nuclear waste and stuff like that. And then of course, when Don't you get the two confused yeah. and when you complete, you know, you get paid and all that stuff and then you do upgrades and, and all that kind of stuff and unlock new weapons and upgrade the weapons and defenses, you know, your shields and, and different propulsion systems and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a cool take on the tower defense. It's, you know, a moving ship and, you know, there's various different ways and they usually give you a little countdown of, this is coming and uh you know it might be coming you know this is kind of like a little countdown off to your left but it might shift a bit so it's not quite where you think it's going to be but you know it's coming so you kind of build up for that the asteroid um, that is going to widow half your ship yeah <laughs> and it does happen i've had like huge chunks chunks of my ship just kind of break off on some bad ones and then there's like one sorry rich guy yeah. enjoy your trip there's uh one and he comes back later i haven't beat him the second time but there's a like a main pirate guy that just kind of like just messes with your ship hardcore. I finally beat him. Uh, but then he's like, I'm back in another one. I'm like, Oh damn it. Cause it, it's, it's not an easy, not an easy beat, but that's been kind of fun. Like I said, I, I like the, I like tower defense in general. So, uh, di- slightly different takes on tower defense are always kind of cool. So prison architect I talked about. Oh, so speaking of tower defense, I'm playing zombie defense on my tablet, mm. uh, which again, tower defense, but, you're defending yourself against zombies. You're like all these military types. And, and it's one of those, you keep going, you know, like there's, there's a set that's, it's another three star thing. So there's a set that's part of your mission. There's a wave. It's usually a, a five thing wave or whatever. That's part of your mission. And then you can keep going for every five waves. Do you want another five waves to come? Do you want, and you can keep doing that. You got to do so many to get up to three stars. And it's also you're generating income. You know, it's the more zombies you kill, the more money you kind of you collect and stuff so that you can do your upgrades and unlock different types of soldiers and different weapons and upgrade. You know, uh, you can promote them as they're sitting there, you know, buff them out. You know, but that takes money as well, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, again, it's, it's a pretty cool take on the, on the tower defense and it's zombies. So yeah, I love it. And you know, it's, there's, you know, the huge umber hulk zombies and regular walkers and crawlers and, and, and runners and different things like that. So, and it's, uh, and then everyone, you know, it's kind of like a path missiony type thing too. Mm-hmm. So you go through, you can, you can play on one for as many times as you want and whatever and generate a bunch of money, right? But you follow the path and then sometimes they split off. And the, if there's like these standalone pieces that are off to the side by themselves, those are usually like very specific. Like you can only use the guy with a shotgun. Mm-hmm in these waves, you know, stuff like that. So it, I've, I've been enjoying that one too. It's a good one on my, it's like, I said, it's on my tablet. It's usually one of those, if I'm not, I've talked about like, I, I read until I'm too tired to read and then I might play something for a little bit. That's usually one of the go-tos. And since it's on my tablet, cause it's one of those things like you can play real quick and mm-hmm. be done. And then <laughs> I played uh, two, two other games. Uh, I, I bought game dev tycoon when that was on the steam sale. Mm-hmm. And that's just a little, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's just a little like semi style game where you're building up a game development company and putting out games and, and stuff. So I, I've played that a few times. It was, you know, like a couple bucks or something like that. And it was, it was, so I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. Cause I'd heard about it. That's that one that you remember 
the big hubbub that you may have heard about is like when they put this out and it is, it's a little indie, you know, not the graphics aren't awesome or anything like that, but it's a cool, you know, cool little semi style game, but it was getting pirated a lot. No, really. But they put code in there for that <laughs> so that the game, any pirated version, any, your company started to crash because your game was getting pirated all the time and people started bitching about it and reporting it. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's, it's happening for real. <laughs> Because you didn't buy our game. Nice. <laughs> so they, yeah, they had code built in for that. So that, that alone, cause I remember that story. This has been out for a while. So it was like, yeah, it dropped like a couple of bucks. I was like, I'm, I'm picking that up just because of that. So I th- thought that was a cool way to handle. <laughs> and then here's my, I don't know what this says about me. I don't know. I, 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 we don't need to get into deep psychiatry or anything, but now we're into the 12th <laughs> step with Jeff King. My current, you know, I always have some kind of mindless game and it's usually one I've gotten from Steam. You know, I've done Banished in the past and Prison Architect a little bit stuff. My current mindless go to just play and I, and this one I actually have on my tablet and on Steam. Free on my tablet, but it, I, I paid for it again, Steam sale. Plague Incorporated. Mm-hmm. You see that one? It's, it's basically reverse pandemic. You're, oh, the, really? you're the disease trying to infect and kill the entire world. Nice. <laughs> so I've been playing the hell out of that. <laughs> and they have, and you unlock different types of, so like, I think you start off like bacteria is the basic one and then you become a virus and, or you can be a virus on another playthrough. Cause you, if you beat it with bacteria, you unlock virus. And they even got one that's like, like a symbiote. <laughs> like nice. attaches to your brain core and stuff. And each, and it's, it is kind of cool because each of them do play different. Like bacteria, you can de-evolve, uh, things sometimes they'll evolve on their own. Uh, after time they'll go, Hey, this happened without you doing anything. You know, we spent the points for you, you know, kind of thing. Uh, but you don't spend any points and, and bacteria, you can de-evolve them back down. And so not only did you not spend points, but you get a couple points back for taking it away. Hey, there you go. And it's like my MO is try to be as conspicuous as possible and infect everybody and then go, all right, now I'm killing you, you know, because it's like because the more symptoms you allow build up and all of a sudden it's like, hey, this was found by a doctor. Hey, now they're starting to work on a cure. So I always in the bacteria mode, I always de-evolve everything until almost everybody's infected. And then I'm like, start pouring on the symptoms, but like virus mode, that one will mutate fast on you as well, but you have to spend points to de-evolve that. It's more out of your control. And and so things like that. So it's been a, it's been an interesting little game, but yeah, it's like, Maggie's like, well, what are you doing? Trying to kill the world. (laughs) What? (laughs) I gotta go and I'm never drinking anything at your house again. Too late. <laughs> you know, and then not playing this, I should have, I didn't think to put it in the geek news, but I had, did you see our Twitter feed? My little, well, you may not have, it wasn't to us. So I responded, you may not have seen the, the original part of the conversation, but Bezier games, mm-hmm. they are testing right now a Android version for suburbia. I saw that. Yes. So I'm very excited it's about apparently that. already available on uh, Kindle, Kindle Fire. Yeah. 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 He said somebody asked him about that today. Well, I think it was one of the one of our club members. That's how I saw it kind of pop through. And uh, they they said, yeah, we're we're in final testing for the Android version right now. So, yeah, Kindle's awesome. only like three ninety nine. So hopefully it'll stay at that price point for Android. 
Yeah. Told them I'm in as soon as it comes over, and as long as it works on my tablet, which has <laughs> been part of the problem for some of the games here recently. But I thought that was kind of cool. I am uh, definitely looking forward to that because so I have it and I've wanted to play it. Uh, and I know people that have like played it at game day. I'd like to play it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we should just play it. Oh, you say that like it's easy. <laughs> it is. It's that simple. <laughs> and I, I've seen people playing it at a game, but you know, at a game day, I'm usually running my own stuff too. So it's like, oh, I really want to be over there. <laughs> Cause was it Mark? Mark breaks that out like almost yeah. every game day. It seems That's why like I stopped bringing my games to game days. <laughs> <laughs> It's just in my blood though, dude. So yeah, so to be able to grab it on, on the Android and, and kind of play it and learn it that way real quick would be kind of cool. I've tried to half can get Megan in, in, uh, interested because the expansion, which I did get, uh, has like, uh, when I talked to him, cause he came on the show, uh, and, and I interviewed him and he was talking about the law office and the expansion. I was like, all right, I'm going to try to get Megan involved because of the law office. Is there a library? <laughs> Probably. Maybe we can get Sarah in on this too. <laughs> so what are you doing Friday? <laughs> Shelves, hopefully. <laughs> well, not if they don't show up on Thursday. Well, yeah, I know. It sucks. We're going to at least do what we've got over there in the corner over there. We're going to at least get started if we can. So the geek compound is getting shelves. So yeah, if you, uh, if you see the gothic Any of the videos with video, tape in the walls. Yeah. If you see a bunch of blue dots above our head in the gothic doctor video, that's actually uh painter's tape for measuring out where we're going to put shelves. Cause we're dedicating an entire wall of the geek compound to shelving for movies. Cause I don't own any and games. Cause I don't own any of those either. <laughs> So hopefully, if we're lucky, fingers crossed, uh, we ordered a bunch of stuff. We've got starter stuff, but we don't have enough to finish everything. Uh, so I guess that will bring us towards the end of another episode here. Uh, there's one thing I would like to say. If you are relatively new to All Us Geeks, you know, let us know. Uh, reach out. Podcast at allusgeeks.com. If you've been listening here recently, we uh, always like to hear from you. Let's start a conversation. Let us know uh, either how you found us or if there's something you like. If something you don't like, you can let, let us know that too. Hey, try Jordan at allusgeeks.com. It's kind of like chat roulette. You t- I just <laughs> never know if I'm going to get you. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you want to make it extremely personal, it's yeah. Jo- Jordan at allusgeeks.com or Jeff at allusgeeks.com. Those work as well. Podcast at allusgeeks.com is the kind of of universal one um so i i monitor that one as well but if you yeah if you're new to the show uh we'd love to hear from you we we love talking to people that listen we like we like talking to our listeners and if you have other geeking out topics that you would like us to cover because that was a lot of fun that was extremely difficult i thought megan was going to jump through the ceiling she's like that is such a good geeking out topic and then she couldn't come up with her own so uh So we, uh, like I said, uh, last time the geeking out topics, not gone. Uh, we, uh, are more than willing to geek out about topics. If, uh, you've got something you want us to geek out about like we did tonight. All right. So I'm Jeff King and I'm the Canadian. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a proud member of the geek cast network. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other podcasts with a geek culture slant, head over to geekcastnetwork.com where you will find podcasts such as Two Bald Geeks, a podcast by two bald horror movie fans that dissect one horror movie a month, saving the spoilers for last. The Geek Cast Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at geekcastnetwork.com.
where we 